Well, there we go. Brain damage all around. Ah, uh, there's this little switch on my my production system that I have forgotten to throw a couple of times. So um, we started the show off with basically three minutes of nothing. Um, so I will reintroduce myself. I am Joe Public. You're listening to the Public Record on Radio Note, and um, you know, it just proves an old radio warhorse gets it wrong. Um, I, I blame the fact that I don't have actual tactile buttons to push, that I've got to, like, move a cursor and click a thing, right? I'm going to blame that. Because, um, you know, like the meme said, I'm Generation X. That means I am ready to adopt the technology on a, on a moment's notice, and I am going to, compl- like a millennial, right? But I'm going to complain about it and screw it up just like a boomer. So that's it. That's what Gen X is all about. Anyway, what am I doing tonight? I'm, I'm trying to put some positive energy into the world. And so I'm, what I'm doing is like, is nice. I'm trying to do nice, I want nice music. So I'm going to lean kind of hard into the 70s because the 1970s were kind of the nice music decade, um, which is an interesting thing because the 1970s were not a nice decade. And I'm not talking about fashion. I'm not talking about... Um, hairstyles and i'm not talking even talking about politics necessarily i'm talking about um privation and problems and and actual strife and people blowing stuff up and shooting people and it was just nuts it was nuts i remember as a kid like actually being in a in a point at one point in in the late 1970s where and i'm sure this wasn't actually happening but i felt like everything was falling apart around me and so I think sometimes when we, we talk about what's going on in our world today, we look at it and we forget that, yeah, it's still not there. It's still not that bad. And we survived that. Our, our culture, our, our country, um, our society survived that and actually got a little bit better after, afterwards. So in some ways, in some ways, not so much. But there we go. So here we go. I'm going to play some nice music. Um, Sorry about that dead air at the beginning. I will try and make up for it later. How's that sound?
tumbling down, a tumbling down, tumbling See the 
was jackson brown with dr my eyes of course <laughs> and uh that was like the like the killer piano set right there on the public record i'm joe public you're listening to the public record and uh what you heard was jackson brown dr my eyes billy joel with moving out and carol king with i feel the earth move and billy preston to start us off with nothing from nothing yeah that was like the killer piano rock 70s piano rock set right there uh yeah yep 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 yep. so um i have a uh, friend um actually a former uh music teacher of mine um i'll rewind a little bit my um uh i'd say like it was about 10 years ago or so i got really frustrated i've like okay been playing guitar since i was 11 years old and i was really frustrated with the fact that while i could play kind of anything i wanted to play i didn't know why like i i had no background in music theory at all like i played scales but i didn't know what they were really um and i didn't know how to build anything um so i signed up for music lessons i went to take guitar lessons for a couple of years um from a guy named jeff kalmbach um 
Jeff is a fantastic, fantastic guitar player. Um, studied at Berkeley School of Music. I mean, he's just like st stunningly good. But he's also a really cool dude. And he's been doing in um, his pandemic world, he's been collaborating long distance with other musician friends of his to record covers of songs that they like. And um, they actually did, uh, they released last week a cover of that Billy Joel song, Moving Out, um, that was fantastic. Like, I really dug all of the the stuff that Jeff and his his friends have put together so far, um, it's it, it's always been interesting and some of it's been really good. But that the cover they did of Moving Out was killer, so that's what kind of inspired me to play that. I'm pl I'm trying to play nice music tonight. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to put the nice energy into the universe today, because um, I'm a I'm kind of a cranky old dude, you know. I'm a cranky man. And I need to be less of a cranky man because being cranky all the time just makes you crankier, right? It makes you less prone to smile. And when you're not smiling, you're not happy. I mean, seriously, no, it's not a thing about, oh, you should smile more to anybody. It's if you're walking around with a frown on your face, that likely reflects how you feel on the inside. And and this from a guy who has full-on resting bitch face. I, I absolutely have resting bitch face. Um, but trying to be consciously aware of the look on my face is is a good thing for me so um this radio show is like my uh attempt at uh not having rest ra resting radio bitch face there that if that's a thing um so i'm playing music that's what i'm gonna do and um i was talking to somebody about david bowie actually and i thought of this song and i decided i wanted to play it so there you go Speaking of piano. Wake up your sleepy head, put on some clothes, shake up your bed. Put another log on the fire for me. I made some breakfast and coffee. Look out my window. What do I see? A crack in the sky and a hand reaching down to me. All the nightmares came today. And it looks as though they're here to stay. What are we coming to? No room for me, no fun for you. Think about a world to come Where the books were found by the golden ones Written in vain, written in all By a puzzled man who questioned What we were here for All the strangers came today And it looks as though they're here to stay Oh, you pretty things Don't you know you're dropping your Robins and Robins and say Sit 
their faces in golden rays Don't kid yourself, they belong to you They're the start of the coming race The author's a bitch, we finished our news Homo sapiens have outgrown their use All the strangers came today And it looks as though they're here to stay Oh, you pretty things
What was I saying about epic piano songs? <laughs> I just keep finding them. It's kind of cool. Uh, that was Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band with Still the Same. I've had a Bob Seger epiphany. When I was in high school, I don't know that I hated anyone as much as I hated Bob Seger. Like, I really hated Journey back then, but I mostly just hated them um, because I couldn't get away from them. Like, okay, weird Journey story from me it felt like there was a period of time when i was in high school where every concert i went to journey was playing like i saw them open for people and then i saw them headline over people that was insane i saw them day on the green where they were the headliner and earlier in the day black sabbath and blue oyster cult had played with ronnie james dio black sabbath with ronnie james dio is the most freaking metal thing that had ever existed up to that point in time like there's been more metal things than that like king diamond is more metal than that iron maiden's kind of more metal than that but then you know we're talking 1981 
Sabbath was the with Dio was the I mean he had through the hand signals and all I mean it was metal and then Journey played why uh anyway so I hated them because I couldn't get away from them um but I I had all their records that's the funny part I hated them but I bought all of their records um because I really liked Neil Sean's guitar playing that that was really what it came down to then and then i i'd like as i got older i started to have like this nostalgic thing for them like i did the same thing with them and the eagles like i have a huge love of the eagles now that i never had back then but above and beyond eagles and journey hatred i i mean bob seeger just like was nails fingernails on a chalkboard to me and i've since like i i think it's that when you're a teenager you actually can't relate to his songs because his songs don't come from like a teenage place they're very mature songs and they're they're like wistful songs about things like slipping through your hands kind of thing and you can't really i don't think you can relate to that when you're 16 15 or 16 yeah i I mean if you can you're you're weird 15 or 16 year old um but but as I got older, I've like started to get it, and now that I'm like I'm a cranky old man, I totally get it, and um, actually really dig Bob Seger. And I'm bummed that he and his manager are so crazily obsessive about keeping like curating what's available of his online. Because like unless you go to a, like a used record store and you buy copies of some of his LPs, there's no way to get that music. It's not online anywhere. Uh, need that cough button, Conan. Um, before Bob Seger, Andrew Gold with Lonely Boy. Um, that song is just like, te- like tear-jerking, but it's so nice. And um, Aliota Haynes Jeremiah, oddest name for band ever. Apparently it's like three people's last names with Lakeshore Drive, which is the prettiest song about taking too much acid you'll possibly ever listen to. <laughs> And David Bowie started off with Oh You Pretty Things. So there you go. Yeah, it was like epic piano thing. I'm, I'm, wow, that's nuts. I'm Joe Public. You're listening to The Public Record. Thanks for tuning in if you've tuned in. Um, what, have I, what have I got to say? Um, um, I'm trying not to get hopeful. Like I peeked at my Twitter feed and I got really excited for a second. And I'm, I'm just not, I'm not gonna, not gonna jinx it. I'm gonna be superstitious about this. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, however, so when I, w- when I was a kid, like, um, I was really bad at picking records. Um, I-, I tended, like, the first, the first LP I ever bought with my own money was William Shatner's A Transformed Man. That will tell you a lot about how bad I was at picking records. Why did I do that? Because William Shatner was Captain Kirk, and he was dressed like Captain Kirk on the cover of the record. So I thought, oh, Star Trek record. It is, and, and that is widely held as one of, if not the worst, albums ever made. Although I've got uh, its challenger, um, Greg Morris, who was the quote-unquote black guy on Mission Impossible, he did a record around the same time and it's so much worse than the Shatner record. Um, it's like, it's light years worse. I should, I should take, I only have it on vinyl. I should take that and I should digitize it and I should play it 
I should play something from it on my show. Maybe I'll, I'll make a note to do that within the next couple of weeks. What would you think of a show that was just all the worst songs? <laughs> How long could you stand it before you had to tune out? <sighs> anyway, so I had I had a really bad track record on picking records. And kind of the first time that I bought a record that I went, ooh, this is a really good record. It was this one, and this is the lead-off track from the album Out of the Blue by ELO on the public record. And it, it fades in, of course, so I should have pushed the button earlier. There you go. Professional radio guy.
luck in my direction I caught it in my hands today I finally made a tricky French connection You winked and gave me your okay I'll take you on a trip beside the ocean And drop the top of Chesapeake Bay Ain't nothing like the sky to dose a potion The moon will send you on your way Feels right Moonlight Feels right We'll lay back and observe the constellations And watch the moon smiling bright I play the radio on southern stations Cause southern bells are hell at night Say you came to Baltimore from Ole Miss A class of seven for a gold ring The eastern moon looks ready for a wet kiss To make the tide rise again Moonlight Feels right Moonlight Feels right
oh my goodness i was getting i was getting into the drum fills at the end of that that drummer was just like took it to another gear on that song at the end that was killer i'm gonna i'm gonna go back and listen to that again absolutely gonna listen to that again I mean, I'll, it's in. It's on a playlist that I have, so I'll listen to it again. Eventually, it'll just pop up. But I mean, I'm like, I'm gonna go and probably tomorrow listen to that and study it because that was cool. That's the blues image with Ride Captain Ride. Um, Glenn Campbell before that with Southern Nights, Starbuck with Moonlight Feels Right, and Yellow with Turn to Stone. Yeah, that was a good set. That was that was a good set, and I'm I'm pumped a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm Joe Public. You're listening to the Public Record. We've almost put away an hour of time. I hope, like, I don't know. I mean, because, like, hardly anybody comes into the chat. And that's fine. That's cool. You probably don't even know about it. You might not even know about it, right? But if you're listening to me live on www.radionump.com, you can log into a chat and you can actually chat with me, right? You can do that in real time. It's kind of cool. Um, but you totally don't have to do that. I mean, that's like a, it's like a leftover from the ancient days of streaming radio or something. And that's no offense to the, the wonderful brain trust that runs this here station, which I adore and I'm grateful for this spot. Um, but but it, is, it isn't like people don't chat, right? They don't, they don't like interact while they're doing stuff online. Now, my, the first streaming radio show that I ever had was actually a streaming show that I did um, for gamers. So you may know of this. There was a, one of the first uh, massively multiplayer uh, online games um, was a game called City of Heroes. And City of Heroes was a game where you could create a superhero. You could be a superhero or a supervillain, and you could play in the world of City of Heroes and level up and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, it was kind of like um, World of Warcraft for people who were more into superheroes. And I got sucked into that by um, uh, my boss, actually, at work. He's, like, telling me about it, and I'm a comic book nerd from way back, and so I was curious about it. And then he told me, he goes, yeah, and I do this, like, online radio show um once a week for people who are gaming because you because the 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 stuff in the game the sounds and the sound effects and the stuff in the game was kind of dull right not very interesting at all um and very very few people back then were uh able to do like online like real-time audio like you do now like you know i my daughter plays call of duty and she's like on a headset and she's talking to the people that she's playing with um you couldn't do that then even though this is like circa 2000 19 yeah like 2001 2002 um so you couldn't do that but people chatted right on in the game there was always a chat feature within the game and so people chatted in the game and i was in the game playing music and you know that that's anyway that's the way i identify with it um but anyway you you know so i don't know how many people are out there and uh you know i just appreciate the fact that i'm here and i'm doing this and it's fun and it's cool and i get to play music and i get a little pumped every once in a while and, uh, <laughs> I, 
I started doing I started doing uh, workouts again. Like I'd had this back problem and I'd stopped. I used to be like super hardcore fitness dude. Did like two workouts a day. Um, and I have this, I have degenerative arthritis um, in my back and that's created problems for me to do anything super intense. Um, but I got super lazy about it in the last year and then gained some weight that I don't want and my health, you know, it, it's not good for your health. And I don't have the genes to play with that kind of stuff. So I decided, I'm okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. I'm gonna start working out. New year, new me, right? It's actually New Year. Try to get some of the old me back, um, but it's weird. It's like this, like super hard workout yesterday and today, and I'm I'm more energetic right now than I would have been than I was last week at this time. So there you go. Oh, I'm also not drinking. Not drinking tonight. I'm trying to minimize my alcohol consumption. So there you go. I'm just confessing. I'm telling you all of these things, my imaginary audience out there. Ah, I'm rambling. Okay, I'm going to play some more music. Um, I always, like, I grew up actually thinking this was a Sly and the Family Stone song. And I was astonished to find out it is not. So there you go. I know what I'm talking about 
That is a band that has one of my favorite band names ever. They're got the main ingredient. I just dig that name. I remember the first time I saw one of their record covers, I went, oh, that's excellent. I think the only other record cover I ever saw that made me that excited was by a record by this group called Mandrill. I can't even begin to describe it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I'm not going there. Anyway, before that, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. Ain't no mountain high enough. The grassroots, sooner or later, and war with Why Can't We Be Friends, which for many years I thought was a Sly and the Family Stone song. So, huh. Probably why, well, like in the olden days of me doing college radio, when I would like go to uh, dig out that song, I'd not find it on the Sly and the Family Stone records in the racks. Duh! Clearly duh. Just an absolute duh right there. Um, anyway, I'm like, so I, everybody plays the fool. It's kind of funny. It's like there's there's two things that I was thinking about with that um, with that song. I heard that song. I was taking walking my dog, and I heard that song um, within the last couple of days. And I was thinking about my. I have a teenage daughter, and my daughter is you know she's doing the like dating thing, and it's you know it's going about as well as it goes when you're a teenager. And um, I heard that song. And I thought, oh, I gotta play that for my daughter. Because she does, and that's not like, you know, old man torturing a Generation Z person. No. Um, she actually likes music like that. Um, a lot of the stuff that I'm playing uh, tonight is actually stuff that I would be unsurprised to find on one of her playlists. Um, so she might even have heard that one, but I wanted to play that one for her at some point and say, hey, look, kid, you're not the only one it happens to. But I was also thinking about, um, at, at the moment, my other half is watching The Bachelor, um, which is basically a show about everybody playing the fool most of the time. Not sometime, most of the time. Um, I will own up to the fact that I have watched The Bachelorette. Um, I've watched entire seasons of The Bachelorette. I can't seem to bring myself to watch The Bachelor. Um just it just yeah it doesn't nope (laughs) so anyway that's lots of people playing the fool all of the time i'm joe public you're listening to the public record and uh it is tuesday night it's a good night it's a good it's actually this has been a fairly good week which is surprising because i was off work for two weeks and um and i really enjoyed not having to work um I've mentioned on a prior show that I actually think that my uh, my coworkers and I are suffering a little bit of um, a, a mild case of PTSD um, because um, we are kind of we're not first responders but we're like emergency response folk in the world of business. Um, you know, I don't I don't talk about my job much, but suffice to say, um, pandemic. Um, created a lot of emergencies for us. And so we were basically working um, from late March, early April, all the way up until the 1st of December in what I call hurricane mode. Um, a hurricane is a, you know, it's a natural disaster and it causes all kind of mayhem and and and, and trouble, um, particularly for people who manage buildings like I do. Um, but the thing about a hurricane is, is that it's over and done with, um, you get like a week or two's warning that it's coming and then it's over and done with 
in terms of the actual storm within a day or two. Um, and then you spend a couple of weeks cleaning up after it. And that's usually the extent. Um, and it's stressful and it's tiring and, and it's difficult. But it's not the same as being in hurricane mode for um, 11 months, you know, uh, 10 months. Yeah, 10 months, 10 months of hurricane mode. Um, pretty rough. And, and so for like the first week, week and a half after we were no longer operating in that mode of operations, we were all twitchy. Like, you know, the screen on my work phone would light up at eight o'clock at night and I would panic because that was what I had to do before, but I don't have to do that anymore um, because they changed the processes, thankfully. Um, but so taking a couple of weeks off the end of the year was just like being able to just breathe normal for um a couple of weeks so i was surprised to come back to work on monday and and work today and actually feel pretty good about it so um all right <laughs> enough about me um no that i i think that's important and it's good and it's one of the reasons i think um you know i'm trying to sustain this outlook of um not grim apocalypticness if that's a word yeah, not grim apocalypticness. So, on that uh, that note, back to the music. Um, my stepfather, growing up, this was his favorite, favorite singer. And it took me years to actually even be able to listen to him. And the reason I'm playing this song, and I'm playing Neil Diamond, is because a dear friend of mine, Mr. Richie Booker, announced that he's gotten engaged. Um and I am so happy for him. And Richie was the bass player in a band that I was in on tour in 1995. And um, he had a cassette tape that was all Neil Diamond. And I was like ready to scream because I, I had like childhood trauma from Neil Diamond songs. And he just like at one point just casually goes, but dude, he's, he's the Jewish Elvis. How can you argue with that? Outside, yeah. Says she loves me, yes, yes, she does. Gonna show me tonight, yeah. She got the way to move me, Jerry. She got the way to prove me. She got the way to prove me, Jerry. Stay long. We got the 
Stampeders. Um, that's just not a good name. I mean, and in general, I feel like a band name is sort of irrelevant. It's just a label, you know. It's a it's a brand. It's a logo. It's so that people know which thing to buy. Oops, hit the microphone. I haven't done that. Wow, that's a first. Never did that in 2020. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. But it, in general, I feel like it's just a label, and it doesn't really matter. Um, the more meaningless the name is, the easier it is, and the easier it is to remember, and the easier it is not to misspell, the better. But um, Stampeders, hmm, I don't know, don't know about that one. Actually, I know it's terrible. It's a terrible band name. Song "Sweet City Woman." It's a good song though. Andy Kim, as somebody said in the chat, uh, the Canadian Neil Diamond, as opposed to Neil Diamond, who is the Jewish Elvis. Um, that's Andy Kim doing "Rock Me Gently," yeah. And honestly, the, the so that, again, that's a song that's like popped up when I was just doing a random shuffle thing, and I'm like, "Whoa, I don't." It's a Neil Diamond song, and then I looked at the crowd. I'm like, "Okay, all right, cool." Somebody wanted to be Neil Diamond. That's that's excellent. Uh, I mean, somebody other than uh, Mickey Dolenz. Uh, Susie Quattro and Chris Norman with "Stumbling In." was my second track in that set and Neil Diamond as I said with Cherry Cherry. It's a good song. I've I've made peace. I've made peace with the with the Neil with the Neil Diamond. That's what I've done. I'm Joe Public. You're listening to the Public Record here on Radio Nope on this lovely lovely Tuesday night. Um if you're like east of the Mississippi, it's super late and I really appreciate you tuning in um cuz that's it's I don't know, it's like why are you up? Um and if you're like west of the Mississippi and you're listening, well, of course you should be. So there. And I also appreciate you tuning in. Um, this this next song is another song that that like popped into my my shuffle um, over the week, and and I I seriously love this song. I've talked. This is a Queen song, and I've talked about Queen in the past and how for the most part everybody plays the wrong Queen songs. Like the you know, Bohemian Rhapsody is great and all, but please stop. You know, just stop. Every time I hear that song, I want that to not be a thing I have to hear. Like, I'm tired. I'm tired by the time it gets halfway through. It's a great song. It's just done. I'm done with it. Um, and another one bites the dust. That's another one we don't need to hear anymore at all. Um, but this one, this one, we do need to hear. So I'm going to play it. Can't 
years ago my heart was set to live Oh, and I've been trying hard against unbelievable odds It's so hard in times like now to hold on The guns they wait to be stuck by At my side is God And there ain't no
Magnet and Steel, a song. So like earlier, I thought the war song was, I grew up thinking the war song was uh, Sly and the Family Stone. And I've spent years actually thinking that Walter Egan song was Fleetwood Mac. I have no idea why. He sounds nothing like, well, it sounds a little bit like Bob Welch. So maybe it was that. Maybe I just thought it was like a Bob Welch era Fleetwood Mac song, but so strange it's it's odd okay so clearly i have drifted well into the territory of yacht rock with that one um before that big star with the ballad of el Gudo. that's such a that's such a fantastic freaking song so one of the things um a little hot mic um one of the things i realized um uh, years ago, um, was that I really dug a specific kind of, um, a, a specific kind of, uh, drum sound that was really, really common on, uh, seventies, like, um, 70 pop records and seventies, um, kind of mellow rock records. And I had no idea how anybody came about it um, until one one time I was in a recording studio and I was talking about this sound and the engineer that I was talking to took a towel 
and put it over the snare drum and hit the snare drum. And I went, that's the sound. And he goes, yeah. They used to put towels over the, over the drums. And then later I found out that um, most of the kits, most of the studio kits in recording studios in L.A. and, and a, lot of, a lot of other big like studio towns, not New York, but a lot of other studio towns, the, the studio kits were Camco. Um, and, and so like, um, Pearl and, uh, Ludwig were the big, big drum manufacturers. Like everybody wanted, if you were a rock drummer, cause they made big drum sets, right? You wanted the big, like, um, John Bonham kit, right? Or, or the big extravagant Keith Moon kind of drum set. Well, those were the two go-tos for that. <coughs> Gotta have that cough button. Um, but in the recording studios, like all the session guys, what they played were Camco drums. And um, Camco drums were like, the, the reason you didn't see them with a lot of rock bands um, on stage was because they were small. The the kick drums were smaller. The toms were smaller. Everything was smaller scale. Um, but they sounded really, really good and they were really easy to record. And you could toss the towel over a Camco kit. Boom, you got that sound. So there you go. Um, and, and somebody in the chat has educated me that Lindsey Buckingham and s- produced that Walter Egan song and Stevie Nicks is, and, and Lindsey are both singing backing vocals on that. <laughs> I heard it as a child and I figured that out. I, I just, I never knew that. So thank you. Thank you person in the chat for letting me know that I wasn't completely off base and thinking that sounded like Fleetwood Mac. Um, bef- uh, and so before Big Star, the Ballad of El Goodo, um, so that that song very much has like that toweled camco sound on it that I I totally love, and uh, Queen with somebody to love with a you know, big rock drum sound on it. Um, that's a funny thing about that song. It's like a it's a ballad and it's a gorgeous ballad, but it's got this like crazy thunderous bass, like hard rock bass and drums, and that's you know of course Roger Taylor and John Deacon. Um, I think that's part of the magic of Queen. And then of course you have Roy Thomas Baker producing and Roy Thomas Baker um, is known for a couple of things, mostly um, making singers record multiple layers of their parts so that the vocals sounded like there's just a giant group of people in the room. Um, he also really, really loved to mix the, the toms on the drums out front instead of having them in the background so that when the like a tom fill was it would just be like really big and loud and also he would deliberately distort the drums so that they had an edge to them so that's a there you go you want to sound like roy thomas baker that's that's his recording trick um brought to you by joe public amateur recording engineer um i cannot record your album for you sorry Anyway, I'm not going to come back on mic. I'm just going to play out like I like I usually do at the end of the show. Thank you for tuning in. Um, folks in the chat, thank you for showing up. Um, I wasn't begging. I wasn't saying, please come talk to me. But I do appreciate you showing up. That was cool. That's cool to see that in there, even though I have no idea who you are, because you have weird names. <laughs> weird chat names. But anyway, um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, be back here, I would assume, next Tuesday night uh, at 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time. 
anyway, so I'm going to play this song. This this one I was thinking about. Um, I was watching um episode of The Queen's Gambit, and um, it was an episode that featured um, the uh, main character, um, uh, Beth Harmon, going to her first, like, real party, right? And for some reason, that made me think of this song, and so I thought I would play it. I will see you next week.
Hey! 